Rex Hoggard from the Golf Channel. He is standing by here on the Huge Show across Michigan. How you doing, my friend? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, before we get to the U.S. Open this weekend in L.A., the, your thoughts on John Rahm and his comments in their entirety, what did you take from it, Rex? His comments regarding the PGA Tour and the leadership, I'm guessing, is what you're referring to. Um, yes, yes. I, I, I think he's speaking for the membership. I, I don't think that was John out on an island. I think that is the consensus. I mean, based on what I've learned about last week's player meeting, which happened in, the, uh, in Canada after the announcement with the agreement between the PGA Tour and the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, I think there's a huge level of distrust and there's a huge level of disappointment. And actually, in kind of in retrospect, I probably underreported this last week. And I think it's a, it's, it's a very strange time in professional golf because you have a professional sport that has always been based on trust between the players and the leadership. And it's clear, based on not just Don Rahm's quotes, but things that other players, many players, have told me, that is just unraveling. So is it done with Rom? Is there, because again, it's Twitter, it's speculation, Rex. People are like, oh, he's getting ready to leave. He's going to leave after this weekend. The PGA Tour, he'll join the Live Tour. I, again, I don't see that happening with the agreement that both sides already have in place. Uh, I'm not sure why he would leave. I mean, based on the agreement, and we don't have a lot of details, but right. the general understanding is, is that the two sides are going to become one somehow. Again, we don't have a clue of what that's going to look like or when that might happen, but there's really no reason for him to leave or stay, to be quite honest, because they're going to be the same entity, whether that's next year or two years from now. I I think what John was trying to get at is the process that we had to go through to get here, that the PGA Tour had to go through to get here was something that we've never seen in golf. The PGA Tour is a member-driven organization. It's ran by a policy board of 10 people and five of those people and none of those knew this was coming and I think that has sort of just floored everyone that we've reached something that is a seminal moment for the PGA Tour and no one but as best we can tell five people know about it Is there any timetable on when they get this sorted out and they get everybody on the PGA player side and also the PGA Tour executive side when they'll all be on the same page if that ever could happen? I think it does happen eventually. And look, I'm not going to pretend like I could see last week coming. I was as floored as anyone. But I have said probably to you before that the two sides had to find a way to come together eventually. Like it was, it had become very, very clear that Live Golf Public Investment Fund, they weren't going away. They weren't getting bored with this. This wasn't some sort of hobby. And that the tour did not have the resources to fight this long term. And I think Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour figured that out. And they tried to negotiate as best they could given the situation. But this is just a framework agreement. That's, that's their words, not mine. The actual definitive agreement is now, I mean, you start the process now. And to unravel here, one is what we just addressed. Like, how do the two sides come together in this new for-profit entity? I mean, they're calling it internally NUCO, but you're talking about the for-profit assets of the PGA Tour, the for-profit assets of Live Golf, and the for-profit assets assets of the DP World Tour, all creating and coming together to create one organization. That's a lot of complicating moving parts. Rex Hoggard from the Golf Channel joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Let's uh, move on, talk about uh, the U.S. Open uh, this weekend in Los Angeles. Who do you like? Uh, what transpires? I know it's tough to predict with how even uh, the playing field seems to be growing in terms of talent, but uh, your thoughts on what will go down in L.A.? 
Uh, you know what? Here's the thing that is odd about this, and we spent the first five minutes of this conversation talking about all the things outside the ropes. What's going to happen inside the ropes over the next four days here at LACC is going to be, I really believe, something that we've never seen in the U.S. Open. This is going to be such a unique venue, and I'm, I'm telling anyone that I know, like, watch this U.S. Open. Like, this one's going to blow you away because this golf course is so unique and it's so different, and the players are going to be challenged pretty much on every single shot. The short answer to your question is it's kind of a second-shot golf course. It's been compared to Augusta National. Uh, in and around the greens is going to be challenging. I think they've they've kind of did the U.S. Open thing with the really, really thick rough around the greens, but you do have to be creative. If you go to a player, it's in my mind, it's going to be the normal cast of characters. Uh, I think Brooks Kepka has all those bits and pieces. He loves, as he says, that chaos of the U.S. Open. I think John Rahm would be a guy that you'd have to keep an eye on. I think Scotty Scheffler, if he can just putt average, not great, not good, just average, he would be in the mix. I think anyone of those guys that we've come to expect at an Open should be right there. Rex, always good to talk golf with you, my friend. Enjoy your week in L.A. Thank you. Appreciate it.